0: Hey there, PT Pop here, all four lobes, my brain securely bound behind my back, and welcome to a mind revolution, where I lead you out of the rabbit hole, one kernel of truth at a time. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening to my podcast. I want to thank everybody because it means a lot to me that at least some people are out there thinking, listening, maybe making some changes in their life, and that's what I'm trying to do for everybody's help everybody. Now yeah, hone in their critical thinking skills, you know? <laughs> Today's episode is called, It All Starts With Santa Claus. It All Starts With Santa Claus, the guy in the red coat and the white beard. So, I've been doing a lot of thinking, and the thinking gets me into trouble, man. And I was thinking the other day how... In this country you can sell people anything. You can sell them absolutely anything. Back in 1975 there was something called the Pet Rock. Pet Rock is a collectible. Now this is this is a quote from Wikipedia. Pet Rock is a collectible made in 1975 by advertising executive Gary Dahl. Pet Rocks are smooth stones from Mexico's rosarito beach whatever that what difference that makes i have no idea they were marketed like live pets in custom cardboard boxes complete with straw and breathing holes the fad lasted about six months ending after a short increase in sales during the christmas season of december 1975 although by february of 76 they were discounted due to lower low sales or lower sales Doll, this guy Doll sold 1.5 million pet rocks at four dollars a piece, and he became a millionaire. Now, keep in mind, he's an advertising executive. With, with his money, Dahl opened a bar named Kerry Nations in downtown Los Gatos, California, a reference to Kerry Nation. I'm not certain what Kerry Nation is, but that's a whole different thing. Dahl continued to work in advertising. However, he avoided interviews for years because a bunch of wackos harassed him with lawsuits and threats. Dahl said in 1988, sometimes I look back and wonder if my life would have been simpler if I hadn't done it. Look, people, this is all part of the thing I've been talking about. Each of us are manipulated. Each of us are catered to in such a way for a product to be sold to us. They play upon our fears, our hopes, our desires. They know how to do this. It's a science. In this country, you could paint a turd gold, dress it up with an expensive toupee, silk tie, and a custom-tailored suit, teach it to give a toothy grin to dazzle the people with its pearly white-capped teeth, And watch the masses fall to the knees to worship the almighty icon of whichever party, policies, and demographic it chooses to represent. And it's true. I mean, you literally could paint a turd gold in this country and, and prop it up as a candidate for whatever office it's running for, and people would vote for it. As long as it looked good. As long as it had a toupee and nice capped white teeth and a nice silk tie and you know, a custom-designed suit. Smiles, everyone, smiles, said Ricardo Montalban as the charming Mr. Rourke in the hit TV 1970s TV show Fantasy Island as he greeted the new guests at the beginning of each new episode. A smile in this country goes a long way. If somebody smiles at you, if they have charm, they have charisma and a toothy grin, it's all it takes to get most people to open their front door and let a complete and total stranger into their house. Seriously, think about it. Somebody's friendly to you, they're charisma, they have a, a lot of uh, charm, they got a joke, they got a light for your smoke, they get you a beer. You think they're you think they're your friends. They'll sell you a pet rock. Hey, I mean this pet rock was literally a box of rocks. It was a, a rock in a box that people spent $4 for. I mean, what do you think his angle was on this? The guy that sold us the rocks. Do you, do, you, do you think it's possible he sat down and said, the general public is so stupid and so easily manipulated. I bet you I could sell them anything and they'll buy it. I bet you I could sell them some rocks and I'll be a millionaire off of it. Do you think he had that thought? He's an advertising executive. Now, why do you think he did it around Christmas time? Why? Christmas time is a time of cheer for all of us Christians. And our country has about 78% of the people in this country are Christian. And around this time of year, this year, right now it's November. November, Thanksgiving through Christmas, New Year's. Everybody's filled with cheer. Family's getting together. They're drinking wine. They're exchanging presents. They're having snowball fights in the snow. They're going skiing. It's fun, it's frivolous, it's exciting You know People are wearing goofy sweaters And big warm hats and boots and stuff And he intentionally marketed that rock To get under the skin of the people Who are feeling weak, who are feeling fun Who are feeling frivolous Some would say it was a brilliant move To sell people absolutely nothing But they, he sold people a rock Like you get out of the ground Not Iraq Iraq A-R-O-C-K He made millions of dollars off of it He made four and a half million dollars off this That's in 1975 That's the equivalent of about ten million dollars in today's money And he did it at Christmas time And why did he do it at Christmas time? Because it all starts with Santa It all starts with Santa It all starts when you're a little kid And they plant those seeds in your mind As a little kid that there's magical creatures in the world. They plant that seed in your mind at a very young age and they come in and they tell you, I'll never forget them telling me about Santa Claus. He's this magical man in a red suit and a white beard. And on Christmas Eve, they told me he's going to come down our chimney and bring me lots of gifts. And when he's done giving me all the gifts, he's going to eat some of the cookies that are next to the fireplace. And I was like, really? Wow. Even then I was questioning. I'm like, wait a minute. How's he going to get down the chimney? Oh, um, well, uh, little Peter, he's he's magical. He's got magic powers and he can he can um, just magically come down the chimney. OK. <clears throat> and I'm like, he does what again? He comes down the chimney and brings me gifts. Oh, only if you're good. You have to go to bed now. You make sure you go to bed and you get to sleep. Otherwise, you won't get any gifts. And keep in mind, I'm three years old at the time. It's 1968. We're as poor as dirt. and Both my parents are half-lit all the time. And Santa, two Christmases, I remember, just left me a pair of underwear (laughs) and some socks. Now, some of you might say, well, you're lucky you got the underwear and socks. I was a little kid. I'm thinking, well, who is this Santa Claus? And why did he just leave me underwear and socks? I thought, was I bad? Oh, my mom said, no, you weren't bad. If you were bad, he would have left you a cold. Go, okay, mom. Why would you know? <laughs> so they start of the, magical, the magical fairy tale thought press process in your brain. They started at a very young age to get you programmed, to condition you to think about magical creatures. I call it the fairy tale syndrome. It starts when you're impressionable, you're young, you're vulnerable to suggestion, vulnerable to fear, easily scared. Your hopes are easily um, increased, they're easily dashed. Then after Santa Claus, they talk about the next. And and Now, these are all Christian-based, Christian-based magical creatures. Santa Claus is based off of the birth of Jesus. Now, what a man in, in a big red coat... And white hair and beard has to do with Jesus, I have no idea, but it's 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 very distantly um related to the wise men trekking their way through the desert to bring presents you know uh, myrrh and incense and a bottle of jack Daniel's to the baby in the manger somewhere <laughs> you know and and it's it's the the presents that you get in exchange in Christmas are supposed to be symbolic of the wise men bringing gifts to the baby Jesus, so but but it's it's a actually a pagan type figure that's from Europe. I, I have no idea Santa Claus is very strange. you know it's like oh oh, oh, I'm coming down the chimney to bring you kids some treats and gifts and stuff. Then, in the springtime, I remember them telling me about the Easter Bunny, another magical creature is a magical rabbit that comes into your bedroom in the morning when you're sleeping and he Brings you a basket of chocolate. And I remember I was, again, three years old. I remember this vividly. We lived on the east side of Cleveland. It had snowed the night before, as it does here in Cleveland in the springtime sometimes. And my sister, who was 15 at the time, I'm three, she's 15. I'm sorry, no, she was uh, 12. Uh, Yeah, she was 15. She was 15. And she runs to the side window. That, over, that was in our dining room And she said, like, come on over here, little Peter And look out the window, the Easter Bunny's been here Look, look in the snow, you can see his tracks So I run to the window Like an idiot I'm looking out in the snow and I'm like I don't see anything, sis She's like, don't you see the Easter Bunny tracks And I'm like, no, I don't see anything There's nothing outside there And she's like, you're not looking hard enough You gotta believe in the Easter Bunny If you don't believe, you will not see the, the bunny tracks and I'll never forget that Easter I got like one chocolate Easter bunny. One of those big solid bunnies. <laughs> and <laughs> you know cuz you know the parent, parental units were uh, throwing their cash away on bottles of gala wine. And then then after the Easter bunny they tantalize your young mind with the tooth fairy. The minute you lose a tooth. They tell you that this magical creature is going to come flying into the bedroom, and he's going to go under your pillow, put your put your tooth under your pillow, after it falls out, and he's going to take it. And he's going to leave you money. So, so you wake up the next morning, you know, and there's a like a I get like fifty cents or a quarter or something like that, which back then to me that was a lot of money as at three four years old, and I still thought it was odd, but but they. They coax you and they manipulate you with the, the promise of gifts, the promise of chocolate, the promise of money, all with magical creatures. And then I remember them bringing in the big one, the really big one, the big, the, they introduced the very, very big magical creature in the clouds. My father told me about God. And this was introduced to me one night. As he's putting me to bed, he's going to tuck me in tight. So let me create the scene for you. My dad is putting me to bed for the night, one night when I'm three years old. And he takes me up to the bedroom and he goes, Hey, before you tuck you in tight there, butch, we're going to say your prayers. And I'm like, what are prayers? You know, he's like, well... I'll show you, I'll lead you in this prayer. You say this prayer and you're going to be able to speak with God. I'm like, who's God? Well, he's this magical person. He's this magical spirit. And if you say the right things, you know, he'll do good things for you. And so he says, get down on your knees next to your bed and clasp your hands like this. And I'm, you know, I'm holding my hands out like a little tent and my dad's down on his knees and he's like, okay, repeat after me, butch. Now he lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. Amen. And I'll never forget this because I'm I'm down on my knees, next to my dad who's on his knees. We're saying this real serious thing, and he's trying to explain to me who God is, and I'm like, okay, wait a minute. What what we you skipped over a couple things? If I die before I wake well what what's death, Dad? I mean you mean, well, he's like, well, it's when you go to sleep for good, you don't wake up but but if you do wake up, you get to keep your soul and I'm like,- well, uh, hold on, what's a soul, and who's the Lord and w- why are we saying this and I was so confused um and I think this is this is all part of this Christian culture, and I'm not knocking Christianity, but as a Christian, we're taught to believe in a lot of magical creatures. And God is the big one. God is the magical man in the clouds. He's watching everything you do. He's keeping track of it all. He's making sure that if you do one wrong thing, he's going to punish you forever. But he loves you. That's a quote from George Carlin. Or or a, not a quote. It's a, I'm summarizing one of his comedy routines. And then, then I discovered Jesus. I'll never forget this, how I discovered Jesus. We didn't talk about Jesus in my house. Aside from that prayer, we were not a religious family and we were not Christian. We are not, we didn't go to church. We we did not go to church. I didn't go to preschool. I didn't go to Sunday school. I, none of that stuff. So Sundays were just a day for my parents to sit at home, smoke cigarettes, drink gala, wine and get tanked while watching um, polka varieties. It's great time. So, I'm a little bit older. I'm five or six years old and my mom and I are grocery shopping. We're in an old grocery store. This is like 1970, 1971, a couple years after all these other things I described. And we're we're going down an aisle and mom turns the corner with a shopping cart. I'm sitting in the cart and I look up on one of the end caps and there's a, a framed photograph that's like one of those holographic photographs And as we started around, going around the end cap, it was a picture of this guy with a beard and long hair and a robe surrounded by sheep. But as we went around it, I kept looking and all of a sudden there was a man nailed to this cross and he was bleeding. He was bleeding from his head and his arms and his feet. And I'm like, Mom, what is that? She's like, oh, that's Jesus. I'm like, oh, that's Jesus. Who's Jesus? And why is he all bloody? Well, uh, we'll talk about that in another day. Um, But I don't remember her exact answer, but it was pretty much sidestepped. And for my mind as a five, six-year-old, that was seared into my memory, this bloody picture of this guy, and I was told it was Jesus. And and I think it was kind of related to me at the time that he was God. Jesus was God, or they were kind of one and the same, which made me even more confused. And I didn't finally you know, understand until I was older what the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost and all that stuff was. But when you're very young, they get you in what I call the fairy tale syndrome. To get you conditioned to think about magical things, magical thinking, magical creatures. There's someone watching you at all times. And there's somebody that's going to do things for you if you're a good person. What does that sound like to you? What doesn't that sound like? Doesn't that sound pretty... In a way, it's ingenious. You take simple-minded people, you tell them there's magical creatures everywhere, and they're going to bring you gifts. But there's all the other ones are fake. Santa was fake, and the Easter Bunny was fake. They tell you, the tooth fairy is fake. But God in the clouds, he's real. He's watching everything you do, so you better be good. Because there's this alternate dimension you're going to live in when you die, and it's paved with streets of gold if you're good, and if you're not good. God and Jesus who love you will put you in a fiery pit of lava. You'll be miserable for eternity, forever and ever. And you'll be crying and sobbing and vomiting and have diarrhea. And you <laughs> you know, but this is, this is so crazy. The conditioning of the human mind starts at a very young age when you're a baby. It all starts from the moment you plop out from between your mother's legs. It all starts with Santa Claus if you're a Christian. And I don't know what other faiths, you know, I don't know about Judaism or Muslims or any any of the other faiths. I know everybody, every faith has their own bizarre little magical creatures. But my opinion is we're conditioned at a very young age to believe the impossible. Our emotions are manipulated, our minds are manipulated, and it all starts at a very young age. Well, thanks for tuning in, listening to A Mind Revolution. This is P.T. Pop. If you happen to be on the internet, check out my YouTube channel, which is youtube.com forward slash ptpop. I also have another channel on YouTube called Skating Bear Studios. Skating Bear Studios, I basically do product reviews, guitar lessons, things along those lines. Once again, this is PT Pop, a mind revolution. Leading out of the rabbit hole, one kernel of truth at a time.